everyone. I'm Jay, your host for the iRace Podcast, where we babble about all things racing. Welcome to episode one, where I'm joined alongside with our two guests, Jordan Bain and Tyler Dohar, two very well-known names on the virtual side of racing. So bear with us, and let's fasten those seatbelts. Thanks, Jordan and Tyler, for hopping into my first episode to get this thing started. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Doing real good, man. Good. Nice. Yep. Well, I really appreciate you guys uh, coming on to my first podcast ever here. It's going to be a little bumpy, but, you know, we'll, we'll get better and better each time. And I appreciate you guys kind of kicking it off. So where are you guys from and what do you guys do for a living? For Dohar, you lead the way. Oh gosh. Um well I'm Tyler Doar. I've been doing sim racing for a good while now. Uh ever since like NASCAR Thunder two thousand four when I picked up an Xbox controller for the first time. Um my day life I'm a bank manager at a bank uh, actually in my town that I live in, so it's really nice to get to walk to work when it's not a blizzard outside. Um other than that involved in the NASCAR Heat Pro League and some uh, marketing events with motorsports games. And now I'm starting to do iRacing a lot more and been on the service for just under four months now. So, uh, like, what, what's been one of the most fun things that you have done along that ride with NASCAR? Uh, I, I mean, definitely the Pro League. Getting to be involved in a team like Junior Motorsports and feel like a part of the team, um, have the the notoriety that comes with it, the recognition that comes with it from, from people in the building when I've, when I've been there um, a couple different times uh, or just the engagement on social media that they've had um, as well as getting the, you know, just see your name on television, on Mav TV on times and, and some people who have reached out to me on Facebook or Instagram that live in the Toledo area and, you know, I've recognized my name from, from things with NASCAR relations. So it's been really cool to to have that and kind of build upon that as I try to transition to iRacing. Yeah, so uh, what kind of racing is kind of in the city you grew up in? Well, I, I had a couple of tracks that were close by. Uh, the first live races I ever went to was at Michigan um, International Speedway, which is like an hour and a half from my house. Um, so I watched a nationwide race or a Bush Series race at the time there. And then also a Mansfield Motorsports Park was a little less than an hour from my house. So saw a couple of the, the last truck races there. Um, so, you know, a lot of short track racing in this area in northwest Ohio. There's Toledo Speedway, Sandusky Speedway and stuff like that. Yeah, I've I've actually been to a Michigan race and uh, it was probably like six, ten years ago. I've been to two of them my uh aunt and uncle lived out there and uh it was i think they were in cedar rapids so it was a pretty long haul but uh it was about two hours away but it was just so weird how it was just in the middle of nowhere and then you get around the trees and just boom it's right in front of you yeah (laughs) that'll be a lot of tracks that you find out this way they're (laughs) they're kind of in the middle of a cornfield or middle of a wooded area then boom racetrack it's it's it, I I've been to Kansas too and it I mean that one was kind of in the city but I mean that one I lo- I love that track it just it's just a fast track and that's sure. and that and that's my uh, home track as well it's the closest one being up here in North Dakota 
So, Banner, tell me a little about yourself. Yeah, I grew up in Fresno, California, which is basically smack in the middle of California. Um, so, grew up there. Uh, I've spent some time in San Francisco and Fresno uh, recently. Currently, I, I live in, in Fresno again or Clovis. I just uh, got set back up out back in my hometown. So, uh, so that's been fun. Um, but yeah, as far as like a home track, we had, uh, we have Madera Speedway out here. It's a little third mile and, uh, used to grow up going to races with my dad and grandpa there. And, you know, uh, Infineon's not too far from here or Sears Point and same with, uh, Fontana or Auto Club and same with Vegas and same with Phoenix. Been to all those tracks a bunch of times. Which, which brings me to kind of a question that I'd like to ask you is, what, what do you think about the change to Auto Club now? Well, the thing is, it, the track was kind of fun. I felt like once it finally got the asphalt got older and it got a lot rougher, and they had some fun races out there. But we just have I, I like the direction NASCAR is going. There's too many tracks that are similar and maybe don't produce, you know, the type of racing that most people grew up loving and enjoying, which is like short track racing. So. Until I see what they actually end up doing and how it races, it's kind of hard to say. But I think it's exciting. They can't fill that track up the way they used to, um, you know, back when they built it in, I think, the early 2000s or late 90s. So I think it'll be fun. It'll be nice to have a short track out here so that the Cup Boys can race on and the Xfinity guys. So I'm excited to go check that out when, when it is done. Yeah, I mean, Auto Club over here on the virtual side, It's I, I have a blast at it every, t every time. And... Uh, the the draft just the wideness of the track it was just a lot of fun and my opinion on it is i mean it's awesome to see something new but again it's kind of sucks to see something go you know yeah yeah for sure but we've never had a real short track out here and when they picked you know did the changes to vegas it was a lot better than how it originally was so um yeah I, i've always wanted to go out to martinsville or bristol or richmond um, I've been out to Darlington, but I've never really been able to experience, you know, the high horsepower, like cup cars or stock cars on like a half mile or, uh, or, or nah, I think it's going to be a half mile. So that's going to be cool. That'll be new for us on the West coast. And again, referencing California, this one just popped up in my head. What do you think about the Coliseum race? I think it'll be cool. I mean, I'm excited for it. I'm all for uh, something different. Um, you know, if it sucks and it's terrible, you never have to do it again. And uh, if nothing else, I think a lot of people are going to tune in just because of, you know, how how out of the box it, it really is. Uh, you know, looking, you know, a third mile track with these cars, you know, I, I don't know how it's going to go, but uh, I'm excited for it. I bet they wreck a lot, so that'll be cool. Yeah, so that leads me to a question for Dohar. Have you raced it on uh, iRacing yet? <laughs> no, I actually haven't, but I've watched um, a lot of uh, races that have been done there in the past 24 hours or so. Um, watched the moon car event that they had, and they took the little Miatas out there, and that was really fun to watch. I mean, it's it, it's gonna be a little it's gonna be a little bull ring. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I'm excited to see where it is. You know, do I think it's going to produce like really good racing? Probably not, but is it going to be entertaining? Absolutely. Yeah, I did watch that uh, eight-minute highlight that Mooncar posted on Twitter, and it was pretty funny. He he definitely does a good job over there.
Oh yeah, he keeps the he keeps the content rolling over there. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a twist, but it's like in the NASCAR niche. It's just perfect. <laughs> so uh I guess I can ask you guys. I know I have a favorite driver in NASCAR, and I'm guessing you guys that kind of drove your passion to be a fan of NASCAR and also have such a good passion for it. Uh, mine was Tony Stewart. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, uh, whether it's good or bad, what you what you guys' favorite driver of all time is? Yeah, I can. Uh answer this pretty easily uh so my family has always liked auto racing so i can remember even as like a young kid like being five or six years old uh you know my dad and like uncle my grandpa was like a big Earnhardt fan uh my uncle loved davy allison so i kind of pulled for davy also and then for me the very first race i ever sat down and watched from start to finish because i was like eight years old at the time and it was the Daytona 500, and uh, I, my family would always make fun of me because I'd always cheer for the guy who was leading and switch drivers, you know, based on whoever was leading when we'd watch races. And my attention span wasn't good enough to actually make it through a whole race. But uh, as an eight-year-old, I was like, I'm cheering for that car, and uh, it was the Jarrett 18 car. And the reason why I picked that one was because he had an NFL, like was a contingency sponsor on the car, and I love football. I was like, all right, I'm going to root for this guy. He was, like, starting third. And uh, he didn't lead a lap basically the entire race, but he was kind of staying in the thick of it. And that just happened to be the Ned Jarrett, Colin Dale Jarrett, you know, home to the checkered when he got by Earnhardt coming to the white and uh, and won that race. So I was hooked on NASCAR ever since. You know, I actually picked a guy, rooted for him the whole time, and he pulled it out right at the end. And uh, that was exciting and cool and one of my earliest memories when it comes to sports. So I was a Jarrett fan ever since then. For me, it was, uh, I was a huge Rusty Wallace fan. I don't know why I just always liked the number two car. Um, and I'm a bit younger than, than Jordan, but my first race I didn't watch flag to flag was until 2005 Daytona 500. So I was about 12 years old. Um, and that, that, that was my. I watch NASCAR like occasionally. Like I'd see my mom watch on the TV. My mom's a huge Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan, and and my dad just would kind of watch it if it was on the TV. But um, growing up, I really wasn't that big of a Dale Jr. fan. Ironically, I just my mom always cheered for him, and I I just didn't think he was that good. So it was just always very ironic considering how how fate ended up for me. But I, I pulled for Rusty. Um, in that final year. And then I, I always just like the Penske cars. I'm a huge Dodge fan. I just like the aesthetic of what Dodge was. So I, I pulled for Ryan Newman, Kurt Busch, Sam Hornish, um, David Stremme as reluctantly as I did. <laughs> and then uh, really, I liked Brad Keselowski when he drove for, for Junior because I liked his story. He, he grew up in Michigan, not too far from where I grew up. And... He just seemed like a guy to grind it out. And once I got older, I started appreciating more people that that, that was their path to into racing. So I always followed Brad's career pretty closely, even before he was with Penske. And then when he joined Penske, it was it was perfect because um, I like how him and then Paul Wolf, when they teamed together, attacked strategy on the racetrack. I thought it was uh, admirable how they did it. So I, I always have been following brad basically if i had a favorite driver nowadays it'd be brad but 
Um, I just like pulling for underdogs. It's just nice to see people get rewarded for their efforts or get big breaks. So uh, it's just a nice thing you got to appreciate every once in a while. Yeah, when I think Brad Keselowski, I don't know if I'm saying that right because I never know how if I'm saying it right. Uh, I think about the race with Carl Edwards and and him wrecking into the fence on the final lap and just Larry McReynolds screaming. Can you say it for me? <laughs> Brad Keselowski has won this race. <laughs> yep. And yeah, I mean, Brad Brad's been a good driver throughout his uh, career at Penske, and it's really nice to see him kind of change up and maybe becoming a really good owner someday with that Roush Kozlowski racing team. So guys, let's let's continue on here. I'm gonna add in some definite sound effects to that. AKA Dodge Boy seventy seven. So guys, tell me uh, tell me a little about uh, the leagues that you guys run. I know you guys have made a name for yourselves in different kind of racing and i just want to hear about them well i'll, I'll talk about east spark because jordan and i run together in both leagues but he owns one eye on the other and then he runs a couple others um but uh, i run and own the filter time east spark my um, racing series that's hydrated by b water and been running that series on the nascar heat side since late 2019 um, when a lot of the pro league guys were just kind of looking for a league to race in uh, and be competitive in, but also, you know, be treated with respect on the racetrack. So we kind of made it a amalgamation of a lot of different folks, folks that had been in the qualifiers of season one, folks that hadn't and were coming on late, but were very good. You know, it was just trying to get the fastest and largest field ever assembled that we could. That was that was the main goal. And uh, we accomplished that for about three and a half seasons on the console side, you know, consistently having above 30 or so drivers on a week to week basis. And then took some time off um, once heat five kind of ran its course for everybody. And then we went over to iRacing just in this past month and a half now, and have been seeing about the same, you know, 30 plus size uh, race field, which has been nice to see, but it's, it's all the same group of guys or guys that have run together with that same group of guys. Um, so it's nice to, continue that camaraderie and that fraternity like feeling that we have. Um, and that's what I really appreciate about the guys is because they, you know, we've got some new guys that have come over from the PlayStation side, but the core essence is there that everybody's come from the console gaming and it's kind of evolved uh, as time has gone on to go over to the iRacing side. And then I also race in XXRL, um, which is run by Sebi, um, DJ Stagner and um, Tim Moore. Uh, and they also came from the console side, so they had been going on a lot longer, about eight or nine years. But now they're over on iRacing, and it's nice to race with those guys um, because, again, same idea. Uh, you know, the field might not be as uh, tightly packed competitively as eSpark, but it's still nice to race with a lot of guys that came from the same area, same mindset. And then occasionally I'll race PSCS, um, you know, when they ask me to run. And that's been nice because that's a lot of guys that um, I started racing with late in my heat career. Um, so getting to race with those guys uh, all around. I mean, I've gravitated towards NASCAR heat people leagues because, you know, that's 
those are where my buddies are at and you know that's what i want to race with and, and have the most fun and entertainment and just doesn't matter the results just matters that you have the experience with the guys and have some fun while you're doing it yeah and i mean there's there's a lot of talent over there as well i mean you guys got all those pro leaguers racing over there on the iRacing side now and making that transition and it, it just seems like no one's having any trouble just figuring it out it takes a few days and they're ready to go yeah, and that's what's really nice, but but also what worried me initially was the mentality and and keeping and having everybody's ego checked at the door. I mean, that was that, that was a big concern of mine on the console side too, was having everybody put aside their their want and their desire to do the best they possibly can and focus on having a very good thorough entertaining race. That was fun for the drivers as well. Not so much entertaining from the aspect of a broadcast. I mean, that's great, but I, I feel like that can't be the focus. The focus has to be on the drivers being entertained, engaged, and then wanting to go on. Um, you know, some other leagues, you, you get a lot of folks that are, you know, aggressive for the sake of being aggressive, or, you know, they want to go three wide because they're bored and not having fun, and then at the detriment of others. But, uh, you know, here it's everybody's egos checked at the door for the most part you get your little spats in the race as you go but that's par for the course at the end of the day everybody's still having fun and is glad to be there and and continues coming back and that's all i could ask for yeah that's exactly it and that's what makes it so fun for you is that you have that that core group that you have met over and networked uh through the nascar career and just having that friendship with all those guys and bringing them into a league and them all being competitive is pretty cool. Absolutely. So, uh, Jordan, you want to tell me a little bit about uh, the league that you run? Yeah, so um, similar to Tyler, you know, I come from the console side. I didn't really start or get involved, you know, online racing until a lot later than I think most guys. Um, I just didn't have the time in my life to uh, to be console racing um, like Dohar mentioned, I'm sure I'm older than a little bit older than, than most, the majority of people who've been on console racing for a while. Um, so like the first time I even bought a console game and was racing online was like the end of heat three. And so, um, you know, I didn't even know league racing was a thing for like six months. I think all I did on heat three and heat four was just go racing, <laughs> you know, lobbies. And then eventually somebody had told me about a league that they wanted me to race in. And that then, then once I discovered there was leagues then it turned into something totally different for me in like a pro league where it's like, Oh my God, like I may never be an actual race car driver, <laughs> but this is a pretty cool hobby in the sense that there's like pro leagues and all these other fun leagues that you can compete in uh, online that are competitive, that are uh, have good dudes. And so that's kind of like where the league racing started for me was probably just like three or four years ago, not probably not even four years ago. Then coming over to iRacing about eight, 10 months ago, um, the platform on iRacing just really alleviates a lot of the frustration I think a lot of us had on the console side. Not because there's anything wrong with the console side, but even... Uh, you know, the difficulties in, in communicating, um, the difficulties in something might happen on your screen that doesn't happen on somebody else's. 
<laughs> you know, which which we discovered was a real thing once some of us started streaming. Uh, just, you know, the damage models and, and all that good stuff. Once I got over to iRacing, it kind of refired a passion. And uh, I realized the opportunity that was kind of in front of a lot of us uh, with this platform growing the way it was. So I was fortunate. I kind of, from the moment I started racing on iRacing, I started talking with different sponsors and different different people who had interest in it, who didn't really know a lot about it, but had companies that could benefit from some branding exposure through, through it. So I was able to, over time, build a relationship with uh, CEO for a company that is actually in my hometown with B water. And so started the B water racing league. And there's so many great leagues that are already out there. I didn't want to just copycat or, or do, I wanted to do something different than, than what was being provided out there. Uh, because like I said, there's just so many great longer season leagues that already exist. So we're just doing a short little season. It's eight weeks, but we have some funding and some prize money that B water put up for this. And, uh, and the guys have kind of really rallied around them. We've had a lot of fun, whether that's investing in the company ourselves or just, uh, blowing them up on Twitter. Um, having them as a part of our discord has been super cool. So, uh, it's, it's a, it's an awesome company. Um, they really love racing and, uh, they're really supporting what we're doing over here on iRacing. So, that's kind of the main thing. I love running in eSpark for all the reasons Tyler mentioned, so I won't, you know, necessarily go into that, but it's a lot of guys from console who I've been able to compete with like on and off with that I always enjoyed racing with uh who are really fast and really competitive and really clean and I think that's what most of us are looking for. So eSpark's been fun with that and then the other league I raced in was uh the Speed Racing Network League and and learned a lot over there when I first got on iRacing. So uh, yeah, primarily, you know, the B Water League is my main focus. I'm still learning on the fly. This is the first time I've ever started a league and, and running one. But fortunately, I have like Michael York and Stan Carnathan and, and Pete with me uh, as we're navigating that. And I think so far through three weeks, it's been a lot of fun and a big success. And, and we're tickled with, uh, you know, some of the feedback we're getting so far. So Hopefully we'll be able to launch a second season. Maybe it'll be a little bit longer or something like that, but we'll, we'll try to keep it fresh and unique and um, different from everything else that's that's available already that's already awesome in those capacities. Yeah, so uh, a common thread that kind of keeps coming up is that it all started from, from the console side of things. And <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, what was the biggest thing you noticed from the transition from the console side over to the iRacing side. Because for me, what it was really for me was the full experience of the race. Like pit roads, you have to go the speed limit through the whole pit road. You do the precaution laps. That kind of just brings the authenticity to it. And I just wanted to know if you guys kind of felt the same way or if there were some other things that you guys can suggest that you felt. Yeah, I, if I can jump in quickly here first. I mean... The first thing I noticed is the um, racing itself is it requires a lot more than just trying to go as fast as you possibly can. And console racing, you know, was about trying to hit the perfect line lap after lap after lap. And, uh, you know, with 
iRacing, there's more to it than just that. Um, there's a lot more strategy that goes into it. There's a lot more that goes into how you drive these cars um, as a driver. And so that's what I really love is the fact that it was very clear to me, you know, within a couple weeks that, okay, this is more dependent on the driver, I feel like, than, uh, than necessarily on the console side. And then also the structure with iRacing that you can utilize to have successful leagues was another thing. You know, and Dohar can speak to this too. It's like a lot of the feuds people would have and arguments and fights and some of the, the negative stuff that would come on the console side, you know, a lot of it happened because, you know, you think something happened and there's really no way to go back and watch it. Whereas in iRacing, everyone knows, like, if you make a boo-boo or, like, there's an incident and I thought I someone spun me out or I thought someone might have come up when and then we can all go back and look at the replay and it's like, well, no, actually, I probably didn't give him as much room as I should have either. And so I think just being able to look at replays from different angles and kind of the uh, the kind of checks and balances that the, the program gives you as a competitor is just a healthier, uh, makes it a healthier place to race and have a good time with everyone, uh, no matter how competitively you're taking it. Like we all definitely want to have fun, but we're all also very competitive. So I just like that the uh, platform kind of in its own way polices things uh, in ways that you couldn't do with like console racing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, a critical component to it. Um, having so much control over it really helps. I mean, it was nice to see the ingenuity we all came up with when running leagues. I mean, um, you know, whether it was presets or customs, I mean, you think about the manual caution idea and trying to have that communicated with everybody at one time. If you're running a, a massive lobby that, that goes beyond the scope of a Xbox party of 16, um, that, that was a, that was a daunting task, but a lot of leagues that had people that bought into that, it, it was perfect because you're sometimes you're at the mercy of the, of the game. If it throws the yellow, likewise in, in iRacing, you're at the mercy of the SIM, but at least you get the flexibility to call a yellow and, you know, reset the field if a quirk happens you know you can extend the yellow if maybe things go a little bit quicker you can you know shorten it or, or or anything like that you got a lot of flexibility on how much uh you know fuel load and capacity you could have in the car how much power you can give it um and things like that and it's really nice to see that i mean some things that are kind of emulated just differently that we had on the console side you know we had you know basically times one times two times three times four where every race was a fuel mileage race because people were you know, the ingenuity behind the gearing and shifting and setting gears, even when they locked fourth gear and coming up with different gears, you know, and now over here in iRacing, you don't have that much uh, control and assertion over your fuel results, but it's nice to see the tire management piece really come into play. So if you've got guys that, that run differently, um, you really get to see that impacted as, as races go on. And, that's what's really nice as a person who's newer to iRacing. I like to take things generally uh, in a more conservative manner. So, you know, I get my dividends at the very end of runs um, or, you know, in the middle of green flag pit stops. Maybe I catch like lucky yellow um, or things like that. So 
it's really nice to see that aspect of it um, because at the end of the day, it's not always about raw speed. It's about the ability to finesse, to manage, um, and that as a driver, that's that's the real key component. But yeah, as as Jordan said, with league management, it's night and day easier. You know, we can bookmark laps, go back and review incidents, you know, to try and address them if they need addressed or, or try to clear some misconceptions between drivers, you know, it leads to some funny conversations after the race, you know, guys come in heated and then they're like, Oh, I, I moved up, you know, there are things like that. So it, it's nice because it's definitely helped, um, especially with just the raw admin tools you have, you know, if there's a guy who's lagging, you can give him an EOL. That's a lot easier than in a console world. You just say, Hey dude, you're, you're lagging. Can you can you maybe drop to the back? Will you do that? Okay, now I can kind of just tell you like, hey, you're you're kind of in the way. Here you go. Or you could boot people. You know, you couldn't do that in a console game. So if you got a guy who goes rogue, you know, you can get him out of there pretty quickly. So <laughs> I've only seen that once in a league race yet, but nonetheless, uh, I, I think it's it's too critical not to have, especially in what the expectations are when you come over to iRacing and your league racing, whether it's with buddies, whether it's a, a league with prizes, whether it's a league with no prizes. I, I think the expectation of results and the ability to have a smooth running machine um, is too critical to not have all those features. Yeah. And I, if I can jump back in real quick, uh, you know, I agree with Dohar. It's, you know, your league shouldn't be about the broadcast, but the broadcast is still important and the tools that people can utilize with the PC like Pete, um, you know, he broadcasts for both of us and, um, you know, between Pete, Rick James, there's a lot of other ones out there as well, but the tools are just, <laughs> it's not even close. It's all like, like who doesn't it. like seeing their name in a running ticker? Like, yeah, exactly. come yeah. on, <laughs> you can't now, beat it. Now that is the competitive competitiveness i'm looking for can you guys tell me how competitive you guys are on a scale of one to ten in every race <laughs> uh man uh i am i'm probably a 10 that yeah, doesn't necessarily you... <laughs> mean I, I i get i get bent out of shape hope you know definitely less than i used to but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm upset when I make a, a bad decision, like in the East Park race, you know, I felt like I ran in the top five most of the night and I made a bad crew chief call for myself, you know, with like 20 to go, ended up finishing 13th. And it's just like, but that's also what I love about iRacing. It's like hard to put together like a whole race, even if you're a top five guy, most of the race, I mean, you, you make one mistake and it's like, even if that means scraping the wall once, you know. Uh, which is what I did at Atlanta too. You know, it's like all of a sudden you're finishing like 13th instead of fighting for the lead or, or being up there in the top five. But that's, like I said, that's what I love about iRacing. It's so hard to put together a full race, even if you have good pace. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm as competitive as probably the next guy when I'm actually behind the wheel racing. It, it depends on a lot of factors for me, how competitive I am going in. In East Park races, it's usually a one or a two um, because I'm I'm trying to focus more on making sure everything's running smoothly and just articulating the guys, you know, just maintaining race etiquette and composure. You know, these races can go long. They can go green for a long time, even with massive fields. So 
guys can get frustrated if they're if they're fast and they're trying to pass another driver and they're not able to do so. Um, but you know, early on, I I, I really I went in kind of with the that's the same kind of competitive mindset of being like a two, maybe a three, um, and just sort of trying to more or less be lucky than good, and just kind of run the race and keep it all four tires on the pavement, so to speak, and keep it away from the wall, keep it away from other guys, and you know, really my breakout race was probably the Kansas PSCS Xfinity race when I was just kind of biding my time and running longer on tires and fuel than everybody. And then a late race caution came out and I was feeling like, man, I've had no short run speed all race long. You know, what the hell am I going to do? And I was running like, I was the eighth car of eight on still on the lead lap. And I had my buddy Jake Kerr spotting for me. And he's like, you just need to take a little less fuel if you feel loose and just send it. And on a green white checkered, that's all I did, just full throttle. And I happened to, the seas parted in an accident coming to the checkered. And I went up to third. And that was like my first time finishing top five in a league race, like a month in on the service. And that's when I really started up in the ante, so to speak. So now where, you know, I'm kind of feeling like Jordan, you know, if I'm, I make a bad call, you know, pitting too late or trying to gamble on saving a set of tires or, you know, pushing it just a little bit hard and getting into the wall and, you know, taking your day backwards from where you anticipated you would be. That, that's been a little bit hard for me to try to put together, not even a perfect race, but just an ideal race. And that, that's been a big struggle for me to kind of hone myself back a little bit on in mindset. Um, but I, I, at the end of the day now, if it's a normal league race, I'm probably competitive like to a seven or eight. But I, I try not to get over the line. I try to just manage my four tires on the racetrack and let everything else sort itself out. So, yeah, I mean, so kind of in each different league that you run in, depending on, like, kind of what's going on, there's different drive, driving styles that you you attack. Yeah, I mean, you had to you had to have adaptability in, in any sort of driving you have to be able to adapt to the conditions you're racing in. I, I think that's what uh, was my biggest advantage on the console side, was being able to adapt to races that were more fuel or tire saving as opposed to races that needed raw speed. I could be very flexible with either, whereas maybe a guy like Justin Brooks was incredibly good at raw speed, but any race of strategy, he was struggling and, and kind of throwing stuff at a wall and it wasn't sticking. So... I've always felt that was my biggest advantage as a driver, and I've tried to keep that when coming over to high racing. You know, it's a it's a new set of it's a new court, but it it's almost like the same rules apply. So just trying to work at that mentality, learn the nuances of it in the meaning in the meantime. But yeah, I mean, you you just you have to be able to adapt and be flexible. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna ask you this question off of that off of that whole answer if you could describe both of you what what three words would describe your driving style hmm. <laughs> give it a moment a give point. it a moment <laughs> think about this really precisely intuitive conservative limit pushing 
and that was four. limit pushing probably wouldn't be the best. Well, no, you put a hyphen there. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm cheating a little bit, but limit pushing probably isn't the best, but, uh, you know, in the essence of pushing the envelope, that's, that's kind of what I've had to do throughout my entire racing journey. I mean, I've always known I wasn't the fastest guy on the racetrack at, at most tracks. So you try to find where you can gain a competitive edge elsewhere. Um, and I think that's where I've, I've kind of made my bed and I lie in it um, when it comes to, you know, strategy or, or always trying to think ahead. So that's what I mean by limit pushing. But, you know, I've always been a conservative driver. I'm usually not one to get too riled up until somebody does me wrong. And then I get very riled up, as, as Jordan <laughs> knows. But um, usually I'd. I tend to not piss other people off. I just get pissed off very easily <laughs> for for that same reason. You know, if, I, if I'm driving you really gentle and I'm kind of just letting you go by, you know, I expect the same in return later in a run. You know, when you burn your stuff up and I come back to get you, don't be mad that you burnt your stuff up. And I didn't, you know, just show me the same respect I showed you at the beginning of the run. Um, so that's, that's how I feel. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think for me, composed is probably the the best word. Um, I think that I do a good job driving within my limits, and um, I, I would just say composed, respectful, and uh, incident free. You know, I know that's kind of two words, so I'm, I'm cheating a little bit. But if there's one thing that I've learned on iRacing is, you know, you got to drive within your limits, and then you also, you know, a lot of times guys get upset when they're cutting corners close or they're they're racing someone really close and the guy comes up or comes down a little bit and makes contact with them. Where in my mind, it's like, well, it's your fault if you're getting that close to someone that, you know, you might net code or, you know, they, like you're trusting them to be perfect, not to come down or come up a little bit. Like that seems a little unrealistic to me. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of like, I think being composed, driving within your own limits and respectful to the guys you're racing. I mean, if you're ultimately faster than someone, you're, you're going to get by them. Um, and if you can't, then you're just not fast enough <laughs> as, as you need to be. But that's what I like about iRacing, too, is um, there's a lot of intelligence that goes into the tr what track you're at, you know, what the situation is, and when it's time to try and get by someone who's quick and when it's not and uh, picking your spots um, as a driver um, to be aggressive, but not cross that line where you're going to wreck someone or tick someone off. I've been kind of lucky slash, I guess, good in the sense that I think just about every league I've, I've run in on iRacing, I either have the fewest incident average or close to it. So that's something I'm kind of proud about when it comes to my own racing. Cause I think it's, Dohar probably agrees with this. It's like one thing to be fast, but it's another thing to respect the guys on the track and not cause problems or put people in situations where if they make the tiniest mistake, like it's going to cost both of you. So, um, yeah, sorry. Uh, and I, and I think that, that brings up, you know, I, I love when you bring that up or when other drivers bring that up because that's a, that's a big thing. Racing is as much about the positions you put yourself in as it is your other competitors on the racetrack. And I think a lot of people lose sight on that because it, it's very easy to do. Again, it's it's the check and the ego at the door kind of thing. When you enter the racetrack, 
you know, it's, it's a lot different from practice to qualifying a race, you know, practice and qualifying. You're kind of just focused on you. How does the car handle? Where do I need, you know, what are my telemetries telling me? But when you're on the race, a lot of that actually gets put to the back burner for, for a good portion of the race, because nine times out of 10, you're going to be racing with somebody in your immediate vicinity, either in front to your side or behind you. And that's where as a driver, it, it takes a lot of just situational awareness to understand what you need to do at, at every given moment that comes across you on the racing surface. And I, th I think that's what really sets apart a lot of guys, a lot of good drivers from great drivers is being able to understand the positioning that you put yourself in and others. So what, what would be your favorite part since joining the I the I racing service, like about rookie class, like what did you learn the most in rookie class? I mean, just getting a feel for the sim in general. I mean, uh, it was mine so was different. wreck avoidance. <laughs> That's yeah, where I learned yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I thought it I helped know, pretty well. It was funny. I know a lot of guys will tell people like, uh, when you first get on, just ride around in the back and avoid wrecks. I was like the opposite. I was like, I want to figure this out. So that's the competitive <laughs> like out of the gate. Like, I feel like I should, I, I feel like I should probably be beating most guys in rookie class just from, even if I was brand new. Uh, so, you know, I just went out there and raced and it didn't, didn't take too long. Um, but I get it. You, you gotta like, that goes back to like knowing your limits, right? Like if, if you're not comfortable, you know, in a car, because you just got the software uh, and it is different and your equipment's going to feel different. Everything's going to look and feel a little bit weird. So there's some definitely some adjustment time. And I think once I got to actually do league racing, I just kind of rode around in the back, but guys would wreck, you know, and guys would hit walls. And by the end of the race, I'm in a decent spot, you know, fighting for a top 10, you know, and that was just kind of how I learned was, taking care of the car first and then just seeing how it stacks up when it's all said and done. Um, I think that's the right mindset to probably have. Uh, and then as you get more experienced, more comfortable and go back to tracks and you can start pushing your limits more and more to know where they're kind of at. Yeah. I know Dohar was probably in rookie class for a pretty long while. What? <laughs> Why no, I actually got to a class within two weeks. Um, I, I mean, I, 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 I felt like I understood the best way to progress, at least the fastest way to progress, um, you know, to a lot of people's uh, chagrin, you know, James Holzer always said, you know, you advanced way too fast. You're, you're not going to learn the core basics. But to me, it was, you need to get out of rookie class because you, you just can't learn much. You can learn wreck avoidance and that's about the extent you're not going to learn how to, you know, hit the perfect line. You're not going to learn how to even remotely, save tire there you know you're not going to learn a lot of things in rookie class just because it's it's chaos it is structured chaos for the most part and so you know once i just kind of sat by and bided my time in rookie class once i get to d in the arca car specifically at usa speedway that's when i really started honing in on okay this is how you break appropriately to you know maximize your short run speed but also your longevity okay these are my these are my feel-good settings this is where i'm most comfortable is when i have my wheel force feedback set at this or my my steering lock at, at this or my ratio whatever 
that's where it really honed in for me. And then, you know, just again, naturally, like as I got into a new car, I'd kind of take the approach of I'm going to start in the back a couple races, feel it out, avoid the wrecks. Boom. Hopefully I'm, you know, in the top half of the field, gain some high rating out of it. I just focused on SR my first two weeks, just getting in the classes, getting A class because I really wanted to drive well, the Xfinity and Cup cars just so I had experience because I knew that's what most leagues were going to be running. And once I did that, it, it, it took a, it took a little bit. It actually took me getting into open sets before I got really comfortable um, in learning. But that's where I learned the most was when I just started experimenting with open sets um, after Michael Connie gave me some setup guides. And I really started learning, okay, this is this is what I'm looking for in raw speed. And then this is what I'm looking for in, in being able to pace um, and, and follow telemetries and things like that. So uh, mine was a little bit of an unorthodox approach to it, but I, I feel fine with where I'm at, you know, at, at my time with my progression. Yeah, so uh, we got on the topic of I-rating. Uh, what are you guys sitting at right now for I-rating? I think I'm sitting at like 46 or 47. I honestly, I haven't done much official racing. I think I'm not even at 200 official races, you know, over the thing is for me, like the official races, when I have time, like in a week to actually sit down and, and, and do them, I, I would do them, but I don't learn as much in official races as, especially once I got to like 4,000 or 3,000 or whatever. I was just racing against the same guys who were just dusting my butt at the front of the field, and then I was dusting everyone else, <laughs> you know, uh, who had a lower I rating than me if they were in top split. And so for me, like, um, I feel like with league racing, I learned a lot more because when you do an official, there's not even this, there's normally not even a pit stop sequence if it goes green. So they're just shorter races, and uh, I kind of like. Uh, I, I feel like I learned a lot more when I started league racing competitively because I could try different things throughout a race that was, you know, had three, two, three runs in it. And you could learn a lot more, you know, racing against guys that way. Um, so, yeah, I, I I don't really do a ton of officials. I've maybe done like three in the last four months. I don't even know. And, and uh, I think they have a cool purpose, but that's not really where I'm at right now. For me, I'm at, I think, 41. I just eclipsed 41. Um, and I've been focusing on officials, but the, I, again, I go back to open sets because those races are, are generally longer than fixed ones, which allows me to get more into my comfort zone, which is long run pace. And, you know, there's not really much strategy in it, but, you know, being able to do a pit road sequence, uh, that, that's important to me in my development is, is maximizing my time in, my time off, the stoppage to the box, which was a, was a big struggle for me early on in league racing was, you know, getting stopped in the box correctly or, you know, not overshooting the pit sign or, or whatever. And, you know, timing when to get back on the gas once the jack drops, things like that. So uh, I've only done 160. 60 races I think that have been officials you know and if you if you really take out the rookie class ones and maybe some of my early you know arca starts I felt like I've done really good in the past especially the past like two months is when I've really focused on it because I'm going for road to pro 
So the the higher I rating, the better split I can be in the, to maximize point gain um, in the first half of Road to Pro. So I got to my goal before Road to Pro starts. I wanted to be above 4K. So I've got a couple weeks to to try to get to four and a half, um, which is, you know, just puts me in a better position to, to succeed and move on. So th that's my hope for right now. And, you know, luckily I work with a great setup team that's really helped me gain a, a lot of critical I rating in the past um, two months. Yeah, so uh, th that brings up my, ne my next kind of question for you guys. And I know we're getting kind of close on time here to an hour. So uh, it's probably my final question for you. Uh, give me give me your best tip to being fast on iRacing and tell me how I can do it. Because I'm struggling and I'm pretty sure everyone else that might be listening other than a few uh, not going to mention any names. What's the number one tip? Okay. That is exactly on? the um, right answer. You don't tell your tips. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, I've loved that I've gotten to help out a, a lot of newer people, even though I'm relatively new myself. You know, I, I worked with Jeff No a lot when he was doing um, street stocks and, and ARCA and really just trying to get him into the mindset of, of how to, you know, develop through those as well as through league racing. Um, you know, I, I love spotting for guys and that's one of my favorite things to do on the sim that, that we didn't even talk about that, you know, spotting is just an art of its own. And that's where I love being kind of the, the coach and the developer mentality because that's that's my human resources background kicking in from my master's degree i love being able to watch guys you know achieve their goals but on iRacing i mean there's so many things you could pick but i i gotta go broad because i, I think that's you you gotta start broad before you funnel in and, and find your focus areas but you you just have to manage what you can control and your your four tires on the racetrack You've got to focus on where they're at in relation to others and let the other pieces fall. You know, focus on hitting a consistent line as much as you can and control what you can control with, with your vehicle on the racetrack. Yeah, I wasn't answering right away just because it's kind of a critical question in the sense that there's a lot of different routes you could go. But I think a universal thing that I would just share is uh, – is lift early. I think that the biggest mistake I see people making who are buddies who I watch or spot for or even going back and watching replays of races that I've been in is I'll, just about everyone overdrives the corners on entry. And uh, until you kind of learn how to be fast and not do that, you're never going to be able to save the tire that you need to be quick throughout an entire run. And so I think that's the number one tip. If you can master lifting early and still making good speed, then uh, you're going to be in much better shape than some of the guys who, well, really everyone else, you know, that's to me, that's how you save tires. That's how you save your front tires. And uh, it's all about exit speed, not about entry speed. I think that was true on the console side too, um, it, but definitely in iRacing, even more so, it's uh, stop overdriving the corners. <laughs>
is what I tell most people um, who I'm trying to help or who I'm working with or whatever. And uh, once they finally convince themselves to stop doing that, they realize their tire wears better and they can run just as fast, if not faster. So that would be my number one tip. So do you guys have any shout-outs that you guys would like to conclude this episode with? Yeah, I'll shout out uh, B Water and Green Concepts. Like I said, they've been a great partner and uh, really excited for what we're doing now and what we're going to be doing in the future. Uh, for me, I got I to gotta shout out Blake Cook and, and Filter Time. You know, he's been working with me since since it all began in the pro league, and he's, he's uh, done a lot to support, you know, the league itself. Um, and that's been absolutely critical for us as, as well as the B water folks, uh, them coming aboard and helping out too. And then, uh, the swag, uh, biz, which is Sean Blanchard's, um, apparel, uh, company that he does on the side that sponsors my car in the, uh, eSpark series, as well as the team EPI, which is Michael Connie's team that has been working with me a lot. Um, glad to be a part of that. And then my road to pro team guys, um, Jeff No, who's, my crew chief and then uh sam morris who's my spotter for the road to pro races that are upcoming in this in the next couple months so shout out to those guys for supporting and taking time out to help me with that yeah so that will uh, conclude our episode here for episode one uh, i want to thank you guys for coming on here tonight and taking up some time but uh i mean i hope to have you guys back at some point because this was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I hope we can do this again. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it, man. Right.